This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello, Brandon Harvey here with this week's episode of Sounds Good, the podcast where every single Monday I sit down with an inspiring person and talk about happiness, overcoming struggles, and living a life of intentionality and wonder. Today I'm talking with Elsie Larson, a brilliant blogger, entrepreneur, and all-around creative person. Elsie runs the popular blog A Beautiful Mess with her sister, and through A Beautiful Mess has launched a handful of best-selling apps dozens of courses, a number of products, and thousands of blog posts. She's also launched a handful of other projects you may have heard of. And I hadn't met Elsie before this conversation, but I loved getting to sit down with her and hear more about what she does. So without any further ado, let's jump straight into this. Okay, I am here in the studio with Elsie Larson. Elsie, welcome to Sounds Good. Thank you so much, Brandon. I'm super happy. This is going to be so much fun. This is so fun. Um, Man, I want to start off by saying that the other day I was hanging out with a friend and I mentioned to her, like, I'm going to have Elsie on the podcast. And she's like, Elsie Larson is a rainbow in a human. Oh, no. That's so sweet. And I, I loved it. I thought that was a great description. And just looking at your Instagram feed, I'm like, oh, rainbow. Um, but meeting you, I'm like, oh, you're absolutely a rainbow in human form. You're cheerful, bubbly. This is so fun to it's so fun to have you on the show. I appreciate that. I'm so happy to do this. This is so fun. This is so good. Um, okay, so I want to start off by saying this. You've started so many things. You founded A Beautiful Mess which includes several best-selling apps. You've got a few books. You've got tons of products you've released. You also started a clothing and lifestyle brand, We Fresh, and you started another app recently, I think, called A Color Story. Um, and I'm sure that I'm leaving out plenty more things, um, but I want to know like, what keeps you doing so many things? Yeah. Um, honestly, like it... It is so overwhelming, and when I step back and look at it, a lot of the time I feel like I need a therapist, I need like a business counselor or something to like stop me from starting so many businesses because it is kind of crazy. But um, the thing that we really love about it is like we get to hop around. So one week I might spend my whole entire week just taking pictures to try to make cute ads for a color story, and then the next week, you know, just have to catch up on blogging. So I really like the jump around and owning multiple businesses, but um, it is very hard to explain when I meet someone for the first time. Yeah. Do you feel like you 
because I'm the same way. Like I love to do lots of little things. Like that's why I'm like, oh, cool. I get to have a podcast where I talk to people every week or I used to shoot photos and now I get to do all this other, like I've made all these transitions and pivots. Do you feel like it's that you're kind of moving from one thing to the next and like leaving things behind? Or do you feel like you're just doing them all at once? Hmm. Um, I, I mean, we definitely have points where we decide to close things down or end certain chapters in our business, which is always really hard. Like, you know, it's like, it's hard. But um, I definitely feel like, I mean, right now we're doing three businesses at once for sure. And it feels great. Yeah, that's incredible. I I love that about you. When I emailed you, I was like, hey, let's have you on the podcast. And you're like, which of my things should we focus on? (laughs) And I love that there's like multiple things. Um, and I imagine you have lots of other ideas bouncing around your brain and you're you're constantly kind of buzzing with new things. How do you decide what you want to implement? So, um, I mean, we definitely have ideas all the time that are, they're fun and they make us feel something, but it's not a viable business. And we know that we would, we wouldn't, you know, get a good return on our investment. So we do like the adult side of it. But also there's kind of like the fun side of it where it definitely has to be both where you feel like, okay, this is a good grown-up business plan, but also this is something I'm going to be excited to wake up and work on every day. So um, our most recent one was a color story, our app, and that one was just like the perfect blend of this is a hard grown-up project, but also something we're so excited to use as consumers, and we just couldn't wait for it to come out and just be an app that we could play with. Isn't it weird that as adults, we have to think about stuff like that? Like, we have to decide what we, like, what we want it's to do. so not like the movies. Yeah, it's I know. True. It's And it's, it's really cool, because we do get to do things that we're passionate about. Like, we get the choice every day, like, okay, how am I going to spend my time? Even if you work a nine to five you're not passionate about, like you have so many other hours in the rest of your day, you still get to decide what's passionate about. But there is the side of like, how do we logistically make this work? Does this work? And um, I get the big thing for me is just when you talk about the the money side of things like that, I'm like, oh, that's terrible. But when you figure out a thing that makes the money side work really well, when you wake up every day, you get to actually focus on that thing because you're not stressed out about making the money work. You're not stressed out about paying rent. You know, you, you can make it logistically work. That's so true. That's I really think that's a key to business. You know, something that just like it already has the right amount of synergy or whatever yeah exactly okay so i want to back up a little bit and talk about um a beautiful mess because i first came across your work in the form of a beautiful mess you did. Uh, yeah so i so my wife and i had been dating or I, okay well we've been married for eight months but before that we dated three years and when we first met she did not have an iphone <gasps> and i know and it was really hard and then she got an iphone and one of the very first apps I remember her downloading and being excited about was oh a beautiful mess. And so, and it was just like, it was so cute because, um, I mean, you can probably describe it better than I can, but it's, it's almost like Snapchat actually in a lot of ways. You can put cute stickers on things, but it edits photos. It's not, I don't know if Snapchat's a, bit, a great description, but anyway, it was there. Yeah, it's just a novelty photo editing app. Yeah, it's so fun. Um, and And so I got to know a beautiful mess through that. And then only way down the road did I find out like 
about you and the amazing story of you being behind this and everything. But I want to ask you, why a beautiful mess? Like, what what does this title mean to you? Um, actually, okay, I named my blog when, God, I think I was like 20 or something, and I named it wrongly, like misquoting a Sixpence None the Richer album Amazing. From, that I was a fan of in high school. So it was totally just a misquote. Um, but I, I mean, we grew into the name. Like a lot of people have a freak out after like three to five years where you name your business and then you have to rename it because you're like, oh, oh God, yeah. I can't live with this. But we just like have owned it this whole time. And now we're like at um, nine years using this name. And it's incredible. It's I don't know. It kind of just like grew with us. Yeah. It's also a Jason Mraz song now, which is so embarrassing. But I mean, so funny. I'm not like a hater, but it, people are like, did you name your blog after Jason Mraz? And I'm like, no, I didn't. <laughs> what what has it evolved to mean now? You know, with with the content that you guys share on your blog, with the things that you guys create, what do you think that the current meaning is besides being a straight up ripoff of Jason Mraz? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I feel like... Okay, so in the blog world more recently, like the last few years, it's just become so perfect and so polished and everyone's Instagrams are like completely planned out and, you know, like everything is like a perfect background, you know, there's never like anything. So not that like, I guess it's just something we're striving for, but we still feel like it's good to show your flaws and it's good to just like kind of not care i think that's why i do love snapchat um absolutely you know as just like a new platform it's just so different and it feels good to not care yeah so i think that's anyway the theme of our blog besides like being crafty and you know like being happy with your life is just being cool with being messy i think that's beautiful i mean that's exactly why i came to love snapchat because my background is that i'm a photographer and when I jumped on Instagram, I was like, oh, perfect. Like, a, you know, it, it's almost cheating to be sharing my photos on Instagram because it's my job. And so my photos got so, I don't want to say perfect, but like very curated, intentional, edited, yeah. very thought through. And while I love that, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and I'm a little bit of a, um, you know, I, I work hard at the things I do. There was something missing about the, the spontaneous side of me, the ridiculous side of me, the messy side of me. And so Snapchat's been so fun because I just get to kind of be an idiot and let it show. And I don't know, there's something really refreshing about being a beautiful mess. Yeah, I agree. It's it's good to just like have both sides of it where you feel like, yeah, it's cool to like care and put effort in, but also I'm not going to do that 24 hours a day. Exactly. Okay, so you just moved to Nashville. Yes. Um, and that's why we get to record here in the studio. Wait, where, where were you at before again? Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. The okay. studio is amazing, by the way. I wish everyone could see it because it's like a little shipping container studio. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, but so you recently made this move. Were you born and raised in Missouri? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we never thought we would leave and we love Missouri, but uh, my husband's a musician and it just was like every single connection and opportunity was just with someone here. So it just started to make more and more sense and we just 
felt like we had to, and then it has already really paid off. So we love it here. And for my business, it's been honestly just like great because I had a whole new house to decorate. And that's a lot of what I write about on the blog is uh, house decorating. So it's just like super fun and just like exploring. I love the feeling of never running out of a new restaurant to try. Mm. That's just like unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Small town dreams. What was the hardest part of the transition? Oh, man. My, I mean, missing family, yeah. is, it's, like, terrible, but it's the only part of it that's really bad, so. Because your sister is your business partner. Yeah, and we do business now, like, remotely. Oh, so wow. we talk on the phone a lot, we email a lot, and um, it's actually going great, though. Good. Yeah, it's it's not hurting our business at all. It's just more, like, hard when everyone has, like, a party and I can't go. Oh, Were you and your sister close when you started the business? We were, yeah. We okay. So how we very first started? Yeah, I want to hear this story. story, Bring it. um, It's kind of embarrassing, but we're we own it. So we um, this was about five years ago. I was opening a vintage store in our hometown, and Emma was she was a food blogger at the time. She had her own separate blog, and she wanted to have a little cupcake shop in the store. So it was going to be like a vintage store, cupcake shop, adorable idea, but it just like did not catch in our town at all. So we were like bored. Like we had never had any customers. So we started blogging together and our business or our blog started making more and more money. And it was just one of those things where it was like a no brainer. And we were like, we like, we like doing this. It's easy. It's fun. Like, well, okay. Easy. I feel like I'm going to pay for that. Well, I know what you mean. It's, it comes naturally. Yeah. And maybe this leads to something that I'm super interested in is what do you think are the big misconceptions about the world of blogging? Because it seems so fun and carefree. (laughs) Um, I would imagine that there's so much more that goes into it behind the scenes. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that it's really hard for people who start right now. Like we started nine years ago and we didn't know. Like I remember the first time I heard of someone making money from their blog. It was like several years after I had already started blogging. So I got to start it in like a very innocent place where I was like sharing pictures of my dog and stuff. And like little like new album am I listening to? Just like little random things like kind of what Snapchat is now is what blogging used to be. So... I feel like the biggest misconception is a lot of people start now with, like, an expectation of how much money or they want to get, like, stuff for free or, like, a lot of people email me asking me how to get stuff for free. And not that that's bad, but I feel like it's kind of a bad place to start a business from because you get, like, a free sofa or whatever and you feel like it's so great, but then it's like, that's not going to pay your bills. Like, you can't quit your job on that. And so it's just, like, kind of a backwards way of... So I really, like, encourage people to just, like, do it for fun, at least for a little while at first to just, like, you know, make it into what you want it to be before it starts getting monetized because I feel like that's one of the advantages we had of just... Uh, starting so OG. Totally. I think there's something really fun about starting things with your audience in mind. Like, okay, what can I do that will actually add value to people? What can I do that'll make people happy? What can I do that will make people's lives better and different? And when you do that, people show up. And I have no doubt that that's what you guys have done. You've done an incredible job of explaining everything um, 
that you guys are doing and and offering tutorials and like it's just it's really cool it's very evident that you have the reader in mind and so if you're making money on it like you deserve it and that's i mean that's the most important thing i think that people can start with probably is starting with you know the idea of like how can i make people's lives better I think so. Yeah. Like whatever you want to share on your blog, there's no bad topic. Totally. But I think that um, it's just important to like really get into it and have fun with it before it becomes a business. Yeah. Because, yeah, then people will just connect with it because if you're passionate about it, people will be. Okay. So when you moved to Nashville, you guys bought a house. Yes. And you guys have been making it amazing and restoring it and painting it. And that's just something that you do an incredible job with. Thank you. Um, why do you think that that has become a passion of yours? You know, like what's, what do you want people to experience when they walk into your home? So a couple of years ago, we went on our first trip to Palm Springs and it really changed my life. Like not to be cheesy, but it really did. Like the feeling, like I just had such a good vibe in every hotel, every restaurant and everything just like felt like I want my life to be this way. So that was one of the inspirations for our new decor was like I was trying to create this feeling that makes you so excited to wake up every day and you're like, I can't believe I get to live here. And just like all these, like sort of like based around activities, like I want to um, have a place where I can play records and we can have this fun little, you know, like cheese plate wine vibe. And then this like place to paint paintings and, you know, hang out and just like all the different things like that. Guest room, entertaining, um, Jeremy's studio. We just tried to make everything like feel really good to live there and that was our like driving force i love that that's really fun thank you so you had an old house in missouri then yes um tell me about that house it was super old right yes that one was from i think the 1890s no that's that's really really old it was like so many people thought it was haunted my dad (laughs) sent me this like crazy like sort of like chant to say in case the house was haunted uh it yeah it was funny but anyway um that house was super fun because we were taking something that was like it was so traditional it was so not us and then infusing it with like our personality but still trying to stay with the era it was it was a big it was kind of crazy yeah Okay, I read this blog post where you shared what you learned through renovating the house. And in the post, you talked about guilt being a waste of energy. Um, And I love this concept. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Thank you. Yeah. So I have always been one of these people that apologizes when I don't mean it. Like, I'm just like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, everywhere I go. And it's like, it's the worst habit. I'm trying to fix it. But anyway, so I'm definitely most people like come into the house and I'm like, sorry, I'm not done with this room yet. Wait, don't look at this. And just like a huge apologizer. And but really, it's like, what's the point of that? Like, what is that helping? So I just kind of started to realize that like the guilt of what isn't perfect about my house is kind of ruining all of the good things I've worked so hard on. Hmm. So now I'm just kind of trying to like when people come in, I seriously like mentally tell myself not to say anything negative about it and just to show it to them. And it's so hard, but it feels so good. That's beautiful. I think that's something that I can definitely like. I mean, I was I just showed you my cool shipping container office 
and even then, I don't know if I apologize, but I was like, oh, we're still under construction, you know, but really. But it's amazing and it looks pretty much done. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, but really everything is under construction, you know, like our lives are under construction and uh, the things that we create are constantly being changed and grown. And I think that if we only showed people the things that were perfect and finished, we'd never really get to show people things, you know. That's so true. Yeah. Your app just came out and um, I'm sure that you guys are going to have updates for it. And it's going to change and it's going to grow. And if you just waited until it was whatever, then it would never make it out into the world. Yeah, it's so true. That's what my sister, my business partner, she is like really good at finishing things. And that's like kind of her like motto and theme in life is like, just finish it. Just do it. Just set a deadline. Like I was telling her recently about this um, series I wanted to start with like, it was like Spotify playlist. And I was like, but I have to reorder them. They have to be perfect. And she was like, no, just like put it up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there's, uh, do you know John Acuff? He's a writer. No. So John Acuff has got this quote and I'll be embarrassed if I've already shared this on the podcast, but I just love it so much. He says, 90% finished and out in the world is better than 100% perfect and stuck in your head. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great quote, yeah. And I think, I mean, it just, it fully resonates with me. And so, um, so your husband is a musician and he makes incredible music. He's also a producer. And when you came in, you brought Jeremy with you and he's amazing. So great meeting him. I actually first found out about him and I didn't tell you this. <gasps> I didn't tell him this because one of my friends loves his, I think they're EPs, right? Violence. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he loved Jeremy's EPs. And so I had actually just seen his album covers and it wasn't until this week that my wife goes, you know that John loves these EPs and she showed me the picture and I was like, Oh my gosh, no way. And so that's your husband. Thank you so much. No, I love, I'm so proud. I'm a crazy super fan of his music, his project. Um, like if we, I always, I'm like, if we got a divorce, I would still listen to your music. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it that much. It's I love crazy. that. Okay, so your husband and you both work creative careers. Yes. What does that look like for you guys? You know, how do you find um, a balance between what you guys do? What are some ways that you guys are collaborating, helping each other out? You know, what does that look like for you guys? So we both work from home. We love it. And I try to support his career just by, like, sometimes I do his photos for violence. So I have, like, my little things that I get to do. So fun. Um, like, sometimes I help shop for, like, clothes for the girl oh because should i explain what violence is yeah it's a project where jeremy writes and records songs and then girl vocalists sing them so then there's different girls so good so it's really fun yeah like we've worked with i think like five different people now so it's a super fun project and i'm just a huge huge fan of it personally and it's actually like how we met and everything like i knew about his music and whoa dreamy a very romantic fangirl story <laughs> <laughs> that no way mm -hmm. is he from the same hometown well yeah we were living in the same town when we met and i had heard his music and what and i was a fan of it before we met each other and that was pretty much why we dated that's incredible yeah. that's amazing yeah but then you guys had a lot in common and you guys ended up getting to kind of both pursue creative careers together. Yeah, he's been such a big support in my career as well. Like, I feel like we just spent all of our 20s sort of like tag teaming and um, helping each other stay motivated and keep going when times were hard and stuff. And so it's, it's a really special thing. 
So what does a day in the life of Elsie Larson look like right now? And I know that that can vary a lot, but I'm just so curious what that looks like for you. (laughs) Well, I think, and all bloggers would probably say this, but every day really is so different because when I have a day when I do food, I sometimes do food for the whole day, or when I do outfits, I do outfits for the whole day. Um, But I try to write for sometimes five blog posts a week, and um, I still contribute some to a color story for, like, images for marketing and things like that and then we're right now we're designing new shirts for our brand we fresh for fall there's gonna be one that says hocus pocus on it yeah i'm really excited about it but um so yeah i just i feel like i'm always at least two days behind on my to-do list but still love what we do and wouldn't trade it for anything that's incredible how do you keep from being overwhelmed when your to-do list and your things that you need to do are blowing up. Yeah, that's tough. But I think that after so many years, you just kind of have to like accept it for what it is. It's like, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to put in this many hours and then I'm going to turn my brain off and I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to, you know, do something silly with my husband before bed because you don't have to, I mean, you can't live your whole life working constantly. But I think when you own a business, if you didn't watch yourself, you would maybe be tempted to. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. Speaking of unplugging and watching TV, um, every episode I ask three questions. Um, And so I want to ask you, first of all, what are you consuming right now that you love? And maybe even more so, like, what are you consuming right now that's inspiring you? Well, as far as, like, just something I love, um, I'm obsessed with the show Silicon Valley. Have you watched it? I have not watched it, but... (laughs) It seems so fun. I'm, like, a super fan of it. It's hilarious. It's, like, the best show I've seen in years. I'm actually, like, we're watching it for our second run through. Yeah, which is, like, we never do that. Um, So it's so, so good. And then inspiring-wise, last week we marathoned Stranger Things. And have you seen that one? Yeah, I'm on episode three, so don't spoil it. No, no spoilers. It's just, it's so sweet and beautiful and a little scary but not really just yeah i loved it so the interesting thing about stranger things is that well first of all it's very 1980s like everything you're watching is very 1980s and i would imagine that's probably what you really enjoy about it one of the things at least but it's also very dark and your aesthetic your style the things you share are bright and colorful and happy you know when you look at at stranger things and you're kind of driving inspiration, you know, how does that contrast and add to the way that you see things? Well, I guess maybe inspiration for my own work, not as much, but it's more just like inspiring me as a human, like it's making me happy. Incredible. Like a fun story to latch onto. I don't know. I mean, you understand, like you have a really happy aesthetic, but at the same time, it's like, you're not just only going to watch happy movies or listen to happy music. It can just, I think it's fun to have like for creative people that have a really strong aesthetic. I think you have to have like almost like your double life where you like secretly listen to Marilyn Manson or whatever. Oh, 100%. I'm just joking about Marilyn Manson, but you know, like something like just like stupid that you wouldn't admit is good. Well, I think that's something that I've really learned is having a really diverse like breadth of things that you pay attention to because the more unique and bizarre and 
out of your world the stuff that you are pulling from is, um, the more you can kind of find inspiration in it because it's not the same stuff you're seeing every single day. I totally agree with that, yeah. I want to ask another question that I love to ask everybody. How would you describe the kind of person that you most admire in the world? The kind of person that inspires me more than anything is the person who takes something they don't like about their life and completely changes it. And my mom did that when she was in, I think, like her 40s. She quit her teaching job. She became a full-time artist. And now she's just like happily waking up every morning and painting. And that to me is like the most beautiful thing in the world and so brave. And not that, you know, everyone's looks the same, but I feel like that person who just like fully does, you know, takes control of their own happiness. I think that's very important. That's perfect. That's incredible. And when did your mom do this? How long ago was that? Um, I guess like, yeah, like 10 years ago or so. Wow. Do you feel like that was a big inspiration for you being able to jump into such a creative career? Definitely. Yeah. Because it was around the same time when I was starting my first business that she was taking the same risks and everything, but she was doing it with so much more consequence, you know, like giving up like part of her teacher retirement and like, you know, a secure job and everything. Um, And so, yeah, she's a huge inspiration to me and I definitely want to be like her. Wow. Yeah, lifelong goals. That's really cool. Retirement never. Yeah, no, 100. I mean, that's my goal. My goal is to never retire. At one point, I'll probably stop making money, but I'll keep on doing stuff. Yeah, no, I I feel that, yeah. Like, I think changing your goals throughout your life, but, like, I never want to just be like, okay, I'm retired. Now what do I do? Yeah. Like, that is, like, actually scarier to me than anything. Totally. Um, Do you know Tim Ferriss? Yes. I mean, blogger. He wrote 4-Hour Workweek, et cetera. But he's got this idea that, There's the new rich and the old rich. And the old rich, you know, works really hard to make all this money so that one day they can retire and they can spend that money on whatever they want to. And then his argument is like, but you're going to be old. Like, how are you going to spend it? Like, what are you going to spend it on? It's not going to be fun. (laughs) And then he's like, the new rich, they don't make as much money. But when they do make money, they get to spend it on experiences as they move along. And so the new rich, you know, it's retirement every month or every week or every year, you know, something where you get to live a life that you're excited about. Oh, I love that. And I think it's a really cool concept. And there is a matter of privilege associated with that. You know, not everybody gets to experience that, especially when you look on an international level. But I love the way of looking at that. You don't have to take this idea of retirement for granted down the road. So I want to just jump into this final question. I want to know based on the ways that you've chosen to step out and live your life a little bit differently, that sit you on these paths to do these things that you're so passionate about, what's one thing you'd encourage someone else to do in their own life? I think that my best business advice is to just be patient and keep going because I think a lot of the time people expect things like you look at someone else's career and you expect it to be as easy as it looks like it was to you, but it wasn't as easy as it looks like it was totally. for anyone. So I think that's kind of the best the, the best thing I can say is like everyone's career is so much harder than it looks, so don't get discouraged when yours is really hard too. Yeah, 
And well, and especially when people are starting out, uh, they're comparing themselves to somebody else's middle or somebody else's peak. So Yeah, so true. Man, that's great. That's an awesome thing to leave off on. Elsie, this has been so fun. If people want to follow along with your amazing blog and all of your products on there, and of course, follow you on social media, where can they do that? Well, our website is beautifulmess.com. And we're also on uh, Instagram and everything at Beautiful Mess. And then if you would like to take our blogging e-course, which is at shop.abeautifulmess.com, you can get 20% off with the code 20OFFSOUNDSGOOD, all caps. Whoa, that's got our name in it? Yep. That's so fun. Man, this has been so good. Uh, Once again, seriously, thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much, I love what you're doing. Sounds Good with Brandon Harvey is part of the Gradient Podcast Network and is created in collaboration between me, Brandon Harvey, and Gradient. Check them out at gradient.is. That's gradient.is. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. If you're new to the podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That way, the next episode of Sounds Good will download while you sleep. And if you've been around for a while, I'd really appreciate it if you shared the podcast with your friends and dropped a review on iTunes. It truly helps the podcast grow. Outside of this podcast, you can find me basically everywhere on the internet. All you have to do is Google my name. That's Brandon with an E-N at the end. And with that, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. I'll see you next week when we get the opportunity to learn from another inspiring person. Sound good?